This is the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast with Rachel Spencer. Listen in each week for tips on ways to win media coverage and create content to make sure your pet business stands out from the competition. Hi, and thanks so much for tuning into this episode of the podcast where I'm joined by Robin Kennedy from Email Marketing Heroes, and they're talking all about how email marketing can help you in your pet business. They're sharing loads of brilliant advice about how often to email, what to include in your emails, how to come up with ideas for your emails, how to make email marketing nice and easy for you. But one of the most important things that they share is that if you get your email marketing nailed, you're going to make between 10 and 50 times more sales from email. So do listen up to what they've got to say. These guys are just amazing when it comes to email marketing and helping you Make it nice and easy, take the pain out of it and make it part of the routine when it comes to you promoting your pet business and also doing it in a way where you're giving value to your clients and your customers and you're not feeling annoying for being in their inbox, you're actually feeling like you're giving them something useful that's going to help build a connection and help convert them into customers or clients. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will put the links to Robin Kennedy's free Facebook group, also their social media handles and also their brilliant podcast. They've got their own podcast. Every week you get some really great email marketing advice. But I loved chatting to the guys. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Let me know what your takeaways are and let me know if it's inspired you to get cracking with your email marketing or if you're already doing it, if it's inspired you to do a little bit more. Thanks so much to Robin Kennedy and now on for the main part of the show. to be joined by Rob and Kennedy from Email Marketing Heroes today and we're going to be talking all about email marketing and how that can work for your pet business. So first of all, Rob Kennedy, welcome so much to the show. Hi. Hello. Oh, it's really great to have you here. So can you start, I know there's two of you, so this is going to be interesting, but can you start by telling us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. So we have a really bizarre story to tell. I'll try and tell it briefly. Um, I'm Rob, by the way. I'll be using this voice for the rest of the interview. Uh, Kennedy is the... um, Funny and attractive, good-looking one. Kennedy's the other one. Kennedy's the other one. Um, so basically, our background's a bit weird. I, Rob, I'm a hypnotist. For the last sort of 18 years-ish, I've been lucky enough, I guess, to travel almost all over the world, performing my show as a comedy hypnotist, getting people up on stage, hypnotizing them, making them do crazy things just for the fun of it. Kennedy is a psychological mind reader, or in some parts of the world, they call it a mentalist, although that means something very different in the UK. <laughs> And basically, that means that he uh, uses skills like psychology, body language, influence, reading people to make it look a lot like he can read people's minds. Because let's face it, if you've got that skill set, like if you've ever seen the old TV show, The Mentalist, who solves crimes with that, you basically can read people's minds. And so we've been doing that again for about 18 years. And um, we met at a conference for, for magicians and just kind of hit it off and started swapping notes about what we were doing with our with our businesses as entertainers, because we got into this to just be entertainers. We didn't want to start a business and learn marketing and uh, pricing and positioning and branding and all this other stuff that we've got to do or accounts. I mean, yeah. So uh, we just had to figure out how we could get clients and charge decent money for it and be busy and also have a nice time. And email, we just both separately fell in love with email loved it, wanted to do more of it. It was really good because you didn't have to talk to anybody. We knew we could use it to get clients, turn clients into repeat clients uh, or recurring clients of some description, and then turn those clients into referrals as well. And then since then, other entertainers started asking us how we were doing it. We started teaching them. And then eventually that led to every type of business you can possibly imagine, uh, from people who work with pets, of course, uh, through to people who make and sell things, uh, wanting to learn how to use our email stuff. 
Brilliant. Okay. So tell us about, I know there's obviously lots of email marketing experts out there and you've talked about your background as a hypnotist and as a mentalist. (laughs) Um, So tell us about how that fits into email marketing and what makes what you do, um, what makes what you do stand out. I think what's really interesting is we often forget when we send emails to our list, whether it's big or small, is we're sending emails to people, human beings, which means those human beings have thoughts, they have feelings. And when we are able to understand the people on the other end of that phone when they read your email, then we're able to really impact them. We're able to create connections, create thoughts, create feelings, and create action in those people by understanding what people respond to, what gets people's attention so they actually want to get your emails and see your messages, what gets them to take action on the stuff that they read. And that's what basically we've been doing all of our lives. Rob is able to get inside of people's heads and make them imagine things, which are just absolutely not true. You know, like, like you can't speak anymore or you've forgotten your name. If you can impact somebody to that level, or in my case, understanding people so that I can understand what they're, what they're thinking or what they're going to think next... When we tap into the psychology of the humans, which are at the other end of every communication we put out there, that's the PR we do, that's the emails we send, that's the videos we might do on TikTok or whatever you do on TikTok. It's all those things. There are people at the other end of it. And by having that core understanding of the humans on the other end of it, we're able to impact them, but able to do that in a way that doesn't involve any of that wishy-washy rubbish of let's like brainwash people and subconscious influence. No, it's just not any of that stuff. It's just by being a really good communicator. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting what you say about, about empathy and about the psychology behind it, because we're talking, you guys have kindly come on my podcast and we're talking to pet business owners and we have that huge bond, don't we, with our animals. And, you know, we're in the UK, we're a nation of pet lovers. So actually what you can do there without wanting to sound, you know, like you're doing anything untoward or brainwashing people. But the emotional connection that we have there is really powerful. So um, I know you're, you've got pets yourself, haven't you? So can you tell us a little bit about the position that pet businesses are in when it comes to email marketing and how they can kind of harness that, harness that emotional connection when it comes to communicating? What's amazing is people will choose to buy expensive pets. They will spend a fortune on their pet. Look at the crap that we all buy for our cats and dogs and stuff. And yet the same people are buying that fancy new thing for their cat or their dog, but they also haven't paid off their credit card, right? Because And the reason for that is we all make emotion-based decisions. That's how we work. It's how we're hardwired as human beings. We do emotional stuff. How many people are out there buying lush stuff for their pets And when they should be prioritizing that cash to pay off that loan or do whatever they should be doing. So we are in a lucky place in the world of of pet businesses in that we are already a head start again above so many other businesses because people people act based on, on, on purely... On purely instinct, on pure emotion of oh, but isn't isn't he cute? When I put the little dicky bow tie on him, he looks like a right little prat. I love it. Oh, <laughs> but also, I can't feed the kids this week because I've got to pay me mortgage. Like that's that's kind of the reality of the situation. So when we understand that people absolutely buy and act based on emotion, that's when we can really start tapping into the way we communicate with people. Yep, so true. And I'm nodding and laughing because I am one of those people who is forever buying things for my dog. And 
not being able to buy things for myself. Um, So tell us a little bit about how pet businesses can kind of build and nurture their subscribers. So from going, from getting somebody who might be looking on the website or might be a client or might be kind of on the periphery to bringing them into the world and turning the subscribers into, into clients. I think one of the big things that people think about with email is they think that when we uh, we get a new subscriber and the only purpose of that subscriber is to email them and tell them about the new special offers we've got going on. You know, you can book the service or buy the you know, this dog bed or whatever it is for a special price. You know, maybe it's Black Friday's coming up. Maybe it's a new subscriber discount, something like that. And the only thing that we do with that email, that, that person is there purely to find out about the things that we have to sell to them. But actually, our approach to email marketing is actually to make it just another content channel in amongst the other content that you're doing. So maybe you've got a podcast, maybe you've got a blog, maybe you just post on Instagram or TikTok or Pinterest or wherever your audience hang out. And again, you tend to post bits of content about things that are going on uh, as it relates to, you know, if you sell dog beds, then you can be, you might be talking about, you know, the importance of dogs getting sleep and energy to burn out of all of the stuff that goes with it. And so one of the things that we want to do is we want to turn email into another content channel to deliver all of that amazing stuff. It just happens to be a, a content channel that converts much higher than the others. So for example, if you have a I don't know, 500 followers on Instagram, and you have the same, exactly the same people following you on your email list. You've got 500 people on Instagram and you have 100% of those people on your email list, which is not never going to happen, by the way. But if you were in that position, um, you will make significantly, probably 10 or 50 times more from that same audience by email than you will by Instagram, just because of the nature of how people engage with that platform. So what we want to do is we want to make sure that when we send emails, we're not just emailing about our products. In fact, you should rarely email about your products. The reason for sitting down at your, at your computer and opening your email platform should rarely be to tell them about the new special offer or the thing that's going on. Instead, what you want to do is you want to use that platform, your email list, as a method of turning up and teaching them stuff, inspiring them with things, making them feel good, making them feel connected both to you and to the other people on your list, even though they can't see those people. Uh, you want to talk about your other subscribers. This is jam- it and Janet bought this and look at now what Pedro the pooch is doing and this is awesome and everyone's loving it. You want to make sure that was quick thinking, wasn't it? You want to make sure that that that's all uh that that's all delivering value. And so what we tend to do is we tend and, and nobody's in a better position to do this than pet businesses. We want to make sure that your emails are delivering what we call they're serving the emotional needs of the audience. They're serve you're being a human of value to that person. So when somebody signs up to find out about, they might think in their head they're signing up to hear about you know the the latest luxury dog bed or whatever dog shampoo or whatever. As soon as they sign up for that list, actually what they're saying is I have a dog or I have a guinea pig or I have a cat or whatever it is that you serve, and I'm interested in giving my pet my whatever, the best possible life. And so now your job is to turn up and show them how to give that pet the best possible life, the best health, the best nutrition, the best sleep, the best exercise, the best everything that that pet needs. And as an aside from that, you also happen to supply these amazing products. And so the way we start to do that is we start to tell stories and talk about uh, case studies and talk about amazing things that are happening and talk about horrific things that are happening that people need to know about and raise awareness of and talk about big things in the news and relay all of that to 
the thing that you sell very casually. And what that means is that when somebody is ready to buy from you, they don't go to Google and go and search, where can I buy a dog bed or whatever? Instead, they just know that well, you're the person who supplies dog furniture effectively, and therefore I'm going to go and buy it from you. You want to make sure that you're always in their inbox with a, a little pop of value. And when I say always, I mean, we email our list every day. You can do that if you want to. You want to make sure that you're turning up with, and that sounds terrifying. We'll unpack it as we go. You want to make sure that you're turning up with value so that you're always there when they are ready to make the, the buying decision. The big switch here is thinking about email as that content channel. Because let's be honest, Rachel, if you showed up every week on this podcast and said, all right, here's another reason to join my program, then you'd have no listeners. All these lovely people who tune in every week wouldn't do that. And it's the same, you wouldn't buy a newspaper if all it was was full of ads of stuff you could buy. Look, go to Marks and Spencer's. They have now switched their entire magazine that you get at the checkout when the you know the grumpy person who chats too much at the checkout and they they bleep the thing through there's a little there's a magazine they go oh you can have this and you go oh, it's and they go it's free and you go all right i'll take it. it it's gone from being a thing which is packed full of discounts and offers and here's the new the new product lines that now if you bought it over christmas had recipes for here's how to cook a really good turkey so it's not dry as sticks or here's a really good dessert They've actually put value in their promotional materials. So you'll take it home, you'll read that lovely recipe for that lovely toad in the hole or, you know, whatever. And, and, but also along the way, you'll see, oh, you can buy these lovely sausages and this is where they are in the shop. So there's no other channel which is just showing up and shouting sales messages at people. None of them. So why do other people still do that with email. It makes no sense. No wonder they're dissatisfied with what they have to do when they do email marketing. And they're also dissatisfied with the results that they get when they do email marketing. See it as this content channel. Mm -hmm. So many great points there from, from both of you. Um, and I think the one that's really stood out is the 10 to 50 times more sales from email. That's really powerful. And I hope that, that you know that people have really taken that on board. And I also love um, the educating, the entertaining, the the con like looking at email as a content channel and really giving value in your newsletter. Um, my experience, I've got, I know we chatted about this at the beginning of the call before I hit record, but I have people who I work with generally fall into two camps. They either love email marketing, like Katie G, who runs an amazing dog field. She's a league member and she's really like, just, she's just amazing. Or they're like, oh God, I'm really worried about it. Can I really send out these emails to my list? Will I annoy people? Will I upset them? But actually what you've just described there um, is a way of, of basically making you not scared of emailing your list because you're giving them something really helpful, aren't you? So so, yeah, I love what you've just done there. And what is your message to people who might be thinking, oh, my gosh, I just can't do this. I can't send emails. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's easy to get into that. I mean, what you don't want to do is send emails like most of the emails you receive because yeah. they annoy you. I hate, I dread looking at my email inbox because most of it's pants, most of it's terrible stuff. Well, the great news is the bar's really low. So all your emails have to be is 1% less crap than theirs are, right? So you can show up and be slightly better. You don't need to be 
a wordsmith. You don't have to be a trained journalist like Rachel with all of these great experiences of having written for all these publications. No, all you have to be is not as bad, bulky, and annoying as the people you're getting emails from. Stop looking at their emails. Stop looking at other terrible emails because if you're the average of the five people you spend time with, then you're definitely the average of all of the emails that you're reading. Stop reading bad stuff. Start reading good stuff and start seeing your email as that content channel and putting that stuff a slightly better. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And I love uh, what you were talking about with Marks and Sparks magazine and what the supermarkets are doing. So actually, you know, these people who've got huge marketing teams, you know, they know what they're doing. So we should be looking at following them, shouldn't we? And the other thing I was thinking, actually, when you were chatting, because you gave me so many good ideas, is actually if you're going to do a newsletter, put some structure behind it. So you might have some pet news, you might have a star of the week if you're a dog trainer, someone who's done something really well. You might have, you know, what's been going on on social media. So you can actually put a nice structure behind it and then it feels less overwhelming as well, doesn't it? Um, I think it's really, really great that you've shared about how to how to not be annoying as well, because that's that's one of the things that I think really gets in the way when it comes to people sending emails. So actually, if you get to the point where you write an email that you don't feel people are going to be annoyed by, then, you know, the only way is up after that, isn't it? So tell us about frequency, because I know you mentioned earlier um, about emailing daily, and I know that's what you guys do. Talk to me about frequency and how people can maybe take those first tentative steps and then build that up. So one of the things I just want to put out there about the fact that we email daily is that you can email as often as you tell your subscribers you are going to email and they come into that relationship expecting it and wanting it and knowing it. We'll talk about your existing list in a minute. But in terms of like going forward and building your list and all of that stuff, one of the things that we do, and it's one of our most uh, high converting lead magnets, our highest converting lead magnets, I think it probably is our highest converting lead magnet. It's just a page on the internet that says, would you like to receive an email from us every day um, where we'll email you with stories, hints, tips, ideas, and inspiration to improve your email marketing. And if you're interested in email marketing, you're going to come and sign up for that because who wouldn't want to wake up with a little fresh hint, tip, story, idea, a piece of inspiration. And when they get in there and they see that emails also happen to be fun and lighthearted and uh, relatable and all of that stuff, that makes the content kind of addictive for the right people. And the wrong people can unsubscribe and leave and go their own way. And that's totally fine. But what we are really interested in doing is having a small, engaged list of people who are ready and willing to buy from you and love your stuff and want to hear from you every day, rather than a list of a billion people who you're so scared to email in case they unsubscribe. There's no point in having that list whatsoever. So for us, it's really all about making sure you set up the relationship correctly for what you're going to be doing. So again, we'll talk about your existing list in a second, but just for new people coming in, all you've got to do is have it so that when somebody joins your list, first of all, you tell them on the page, you're going to join my daily email newsletter, or you're going to join my three times a week email newsletter, or my once a week email newsletter, or whatever. So that tells them up front. They put their name and email address in either to join your list or to download some kind of lead magnet of some description. And then what you now do is, is just a little handover. So we created something called the getting to know you sequence, which is a, our version of the email welcome sequence. Ours is four emails sent over four days. So, so that sets them up immediately for the fact they'll hear from you often. And over the course of that sequence, it gets to know them. They get to know you. You get to tell them what to expect. But very much we see it as a bit like when you first get on the train and you sit down and the announcement comes over the, over the tunnel. Why we can't have better microphones in 2022? I have no idea on a train, but never mind. Welcome aboard the 9 
1932 service to London King's Cross, calling at these places. Somebody's going to come down and check your ticket. Somebody's going to come down with the trolley service, and you can have a Twix and a Fanta. They set up the expectation for what's going to happen on that journey. And so now you think, well, great, I'm in the right place. I'm on the right train because I'm going to London King's Cross. That's good. Um, I'm going to call at these stops at these times. That's what I expected to happen. So that's good. I feel comfortable now. Somebody's going to come down and sell me things. I don't have to go off and find that mystery place at the other end of the train that sells food. I, I, everything's or there's no trolley service today because it's a Sunday. You'll have to trek up there. You know exactly what to expect. And so now there's no surprises unless the train breaks down, uh, which is the equivalent of you stopping emailing them. Suddenly there's no surprises now. What they're expecting is what they're going to get. You said you're going to email them, you're going to email them, and you're going to show up and do what you said you're going to do. So that's a big thing for us now is if now people are going to complain if you don't email them. Kennedy was once on a flight home from Vegas and just due to Wi-Fi, delayed airlines and things, um, couldn't get a daily email out to his list of magicians that he emails every day. And those people got in touch with his assistant. I was like, is Kennedy all right? Uh, you know, we, we haven't had an email from him today. He's recently changed the time of day that he sends his emails out. And I just noticed, wow, Kennedy's not sent an email today. And I realized he's just sending it at the other end of the day. So it's like 12 hours later than it normally is. And it becomes part of people's everyday routine. Um, and so that that now is in, that now is an important part of their life. And if it's missing, that's a problem. So what you've got to do is build it into your life so it's easy to do. You have to build it into their life so they expect it and like it, enjoy it and want it. A bit like if you are if you sit down on a Thursday night ready to watch your favorite TV show because it's not on on one of the Netflixes, if you're going to watch it on real television, like I'm watching Dragon's Den right now and it's on live every Thursday. If I sit down tonight and they've put the bloody cricket on instead of Dragon's Den, I'm going to be furious. So what you want to do is you want to create it so that your emails are part of somebody's life like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, just going back to the structure as well and making it easy, is there any um, specific structure that you would advise people to follow? Like maybe when they're just starting out, when it comes to their, maybe if we, let's say if we had like a weekly or monthly or like bi-monthly newsletter, is there any kind of structure that you would advise? Let's remember that the reason people open your emails, like we said before, is because it's not to find out what you're selling. Yeah. Because otherwise, the people opening your emails are already half sold anyway. So we want to make sure that they're valuable to people. So the first thing is, if you're not emailing, I'm going to say something dramatic, right? But to actually get results from email marketing. So if you're thinking right now, oh, my email newsletter doesn't really do anything. There might, there's probably a good reason for that. You want to fix that. That's why you're tuning in this episode, right? So... If you're not emailing three times a week minimum, you are definitely not going to get the significant results, return on investment from your email marketing you could be getting. When you hear people bashing out these numbers that email marketing is the number one thing that gets me sales in my business, it's the number one highest return on investment activity businesses can do, that is true but only if you're doing it often enough. You cannot be getting it. You wouldn't post on Instagram or Twitter once a month, would you? No, because people's lives are busy and that's going to get lost. The same as with people's with their attention on every platform, including email. So if you're not emailing three times a week, you may as well honestly not bother because... It's not going to cut through the noise. People's brains are busy with every other channel. They're TikToking, MySpacey, Instagramming, flake booking. They're doing all these things. You've got to cut through all of that stuff. So three times a week minimum. And that means you need some shortcuts. Like coming up with an idea for an email three times a week, five times a week, seven days a week. 
it takes takes some kind of shortcut. You can't start from scratch every time. So yeah, we've come up with a whole bunch of things that we uh, that we have to that we can do to really make this honestly so easy. Like I'm dyslexic. It's the reason I started writing in the first place because I wanted to use uh, that as my reason to write. I thought I'm not going to have this thing beat me. So if I can do it, you can do it as well. To begin with, it might take you 20 minutes a day. But if it's the thing that makes you more sales than anything else, is it not worth spending 20 minutes a day on? I think it probably is, right? Um, right now, I write my emails each day in about four minutes, well, between three and four minutes a day, while the kettle boils for my first cup of tea in the morning. And I'm currently experimenting with the send time on that and having it actually send later in the day. So how do you come up with all these ideas? How can you write an email in three to four minutes a day or 20 minutes a day without having that massive cognitive load, having all these mental calories buzzing around going, how am I supposed to write these emails? So one of the techniques we use that we teach, we have a technique we call the bottomless email strategy. And one of the techniques that we use in that program is to think about stories. We don't want to email about the products and services, because at some point people are going to go, yeah, yeah, I'm going to stop reading your emails now because I know about your products and services. Whereas if you show up every single day and tell them something interesting that they can relate to, as Rob said, then there's a good reason to open your emails. They want to know what Rob's been up to. They want to know what Kennedy's been doing or what his current rant is or whatever that kind of thing is. They get to identify with you. So a great question to ask that we came up with, and this is, as you'd imagine from us, a psychologically stacked question. What we try and do is we simplify everything down so it looks really simple, it works really really quickly, gives you a mental shortcut by doing a lot of hard work on figuring out the psychology of it. And this is the question, one of the questions we ask. And it's just this, what is the least boring thing that happened to me in the last 24 hours? That's, I'm not going to go into all of the little pieces of psychology that are in that question that make it work, but it basically allows you to hack your own brain to figure out what could you tell a story about in an email today. Now, you might be thinking, well, the least boring thing that happened to me in the last 24 hours is that I bought a new mattress. What's that got to do with my dog beds or my dog adventure park? What's that got to do with any of that stuff? That's good. The fact that it's got nothing to do with it means that it's actually going to be interesting when you show up each day with that information because it's completely unrelated. Because what we're going to do is we're going to take a structure of, tell a story, and then we're going to transition from that story. And when I say a story, I'm talking about 50 to 100 words, a very short story. Tell the thing. I ordered a new mattress yesterday. Have you ever tried to order a mattress online where you can't sit on it and bounce on it and roll on it and go, oh, I look a bit silly in this mattress shop. How are you supposed to buy a mattress online? That's the story something happened. Now, I'm going to do this for email marketing so you can try and relate this to your own business, right? So imagine we're selling one of our programs, right, uh, about email marketing. Let's say it's um, our bottomless email strategy course. That's just, it's kind of meta, right? So I try to buy a mattress online, blah, 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 blah. How do you buy a mattress online? That story. Then you transition into what is the moral of that story? What are the emotional needs of my audience that I can serve from that story? And one of them is quite simply that sometimes you've got to like do stuff that doesn't really make sense initially, or sometimes you've got to get out your comfort zone. Usually I like to buy a mattress by sitting on it and bouncing on it and see if it's the right height and it's the right, and it's hard enough or soft enough. And sometimes you have to do things where it just doesn't make sense, where it's not very comfortable. That could be the lesson. And then, you can, then you're going to transition into the offer. So we've got story, then the lesson, and then we're going to go into the offer. And the offer could be a paid offer. So I could go into, 
That's one of the things that people say when we say to people, hey, we want you to email more often. In the bottomless email strategy program, we show you exactly how to email as often as you want and benefits, benefits, benefits. Click here to go and buy it. Great. The offer might be a free thing. So we've talked about the mattress and how it's a bit of an uncomfortable thing. You have to step outside of your comfort zone and do things you're not really comfortable with. And then we're going to go into the offer and say, that's what we're talking about on this week's episode of our podcast, The Email Marketing Show, where every Wednesday we show up with a brand new episode. And this week we're talking about that. Go and find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your, your podcasts. So story, lesson, offer. If you just followed that one structure, you'd have more compelling emails. And the proof, and this is the one thing I want to talk about, you want to know what is the evidence that your email marketing is working. What are the KPIs? How will you know it's working? And there's two amazing things that you will see if you switch to this story lesson offer framework immediately. Everybody the world over we've talked about this to says this is what happens. The first thing is people will reply to your emails. How many replies are you currently getting to your email newsletter? Probably not that many. But if you start telling stories, you will get replies like, oh, I'm buying a new mattress as well. I'm thinking about getting a new mattress. Which one did you go for? Did you go for the Dreams one? Did you go for the one with the bear on it? Did you want to go with the one with the little... You're going to get replies like that immediately, which means your relationship with that subscriber is going beyond, hey, I sell awesome, beautiful, handcrafted, very friendly dog beds to something more, something relatable, something where you become part of the furniture in their life and you take up more space physically, neurologically in their mind. The second piece of evidence you want is that you're going to get more people clicking the links in your emails because they're going to go, they're going to be taken in. They're going to be excited by the story. That's why journalism works. It's all telling stories, right? So we're going to take it in by the story. Then we're going to get some value again out of that lesson. And then we're going to be compelled forward into clicking the link to listen to the Email Marketing Show podcast or checking out the product or service or whatever it's going to be. So look at those two things. Are you getting replies? Are you getting clicks? Those two things you can absolutely measure. And that will show you your success towards, is my email marketing working? Mm-hmm. Just on that topic, because you mentioned about the, the kind of word limit as well, because that can be another barrier or cause of overwhelm. Would you say, like, is there a, I know obviously when we write on our websites, we should write a certain amount of words with emails. Would you say there is there needs to be a certain amount of words? We just keep our emails as short as possible because we want yeah. to look resistance to writing them and we want to lower the resistance to people reading them. And mm-hmm. so one of the things Kennedy does in one of his email newsletters is to actually put the reading time, the estimated reading time. There's a website that will generate the estimated reading time of how long an email will take. And I think they're typically like one to two minutes, like it's super, super short. And the thing for us really, as I said, is somebody gets there and they read this massive long block of text. So one of the biggest uh, things that we coach our members on inside our membership, the league is they'll set, you know, they'll give us an email to read and we'll read through it. And we'll say, it's a great email. You've done a really good job. You've used all of our techniques. It's excellent. Except this is probably five, six, 10, 15 emails in one. Somebody's trying to tell you everything there is to know about their product immediately in that first go. And it just goes on for too long. And so we immediately start to break that down and say, okay, well, let's just, let's make that an email and that an email and that an email and that an email. And suddenly you've now got, and this is a really big thing. If currently the resistance is, well, I don't know if I've got time to write all these emails, I bet right now, 
the emails that you are sending are actually five or six emails or 10 emails or 15 emails. And therefore, by doing that same amount of work, whatever that is right now, and we've got loads of systems to help you simplify that, some of which we're going through here, actually, you'll find that you end up writing in the same amount of time a week's worth of emails, 10 days worth of emails, three weeks worth of emails. So that's really powerful too. Yeah, just on that note, actually, about um, about breaking things down and making life easier for yourself, would you... Um, do you have any advice on like repurposing content into your emails or repurposing emails into your content? Totally. So one of the things I used to do when one of the things I wanted to do was grow my blog in, in the in the, one of my niches, and I used to take that daily email and because it's a, two pieces of value to a piece of um, offer. So you've always got a story, you've got a lesson, you've got an offer, which by the way, is a bonus, means you never have to wake up wondering, oh, can I, do I have to give value today or can I make an offer? That's an additional cognitive load, a bunch of decisions you don't need to make. Every single email is, is story, lesson, offer. You've got a ratio of value, which is two to one, every single email without even having to think about it. You don't have to switch between those modalities in your brain, which is more load, more resistance to you doing it. But because of that story lesson offer, you can take that whole email and stick it on your blog if you want to, if that fits what your strategy is going to be. That thing could be a post on your social media channel of choice. Absolutely. It could be the reason people find your blog in the first place and you say, do you want one of these blog posts delivered to your inbox every single day? Well, yeah, that was a great blog post. It felt really valuable. Of course it was valuable. The value ratio was two to one by default. I can't even help it. It's automatic. So I want to opt in for that thing. So they're going to get more of exactly what they what they want. So we see this happening again and again and again. And it should be very similar across your channels because what you really want in your business is for all of your channels, email, blog, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook page, Facebook group, all of it to be pointing with the same singular narrative. You don't want to be talking about, we don't want to be talking about open rates and how to get more of your emails opened over here on our Instagram. So people are following us at Robin Kennedy are saying, oh, open rates, they're important or not important, actually, uh, or, or here's how to get more emails opened. And then over in our Facebook group, the Email Marketing Show community, we've got another post, which is all about uh, three tips to make your emails funny. Why would you do that? You want everything to be talking about that same theme for that that period of time, perhaps leading towards the product, to what, perhaps towards leading towards your your particular launch or the thing you've got going on right now. So definitely you want to be repurposing them. And it might be that you do a stripped down version of the blog post in the email. It might be that you take the email and you make it longer for the blog post, or maybe you just use it as is. You can definitely repurpose. We have we take a little bit of issue with the whole idea of repurposing and like getting one piece of content and just spraying it around the place. Because what you can end up with is, I know when we first did this, we thought, oh, repurposing, very, very important stuff. We'll take the, we'll take that thing and we'll repurpose it everywhere. We did it with our podcast, actually. So we would record an episode of the email marketing show, and they're about 25 to 30 minutes long, and every single week. And we would record the video, and then we would stick it on our YouTube channel. What did that mean happened? Well, we're focused on promoting the email marketing show, so the podcast would get more and more listens, you know, a few thousand listens a week. Great. But you go over to our YouTube channel, four views, five views. It just looks pathetic. It looks ridiculous. Why is that happening? It's because you can't focus your attention on absolutely everything. So, yes, definitely you can repurpose them. Ask yourself the question, should I? You know, as I always say, uh, if reality TV has taught us anything, it's just because you can does not mean you should. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. But, I, yeah, I 
because I'm in a similar situation in that I've got a podcast and I will talk about, I'll blurb my podcast in my email and I'll do talk about it on social media, but I try to find different angles and different ways to talk about it rather than this is on the podcast. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And that's the way of doing it because you're taking that one central theme and you're, you're putting it out in different ways. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think also we can look at things that do well on social media and think, actually, I could maybe talk about that more to my email list. Like I will or I'll pick up on things I see on social media and then put them into a newsletter. Um, So, yeah, we can. I think once you get you, you've talked about it really well here. But once you get the idea into your head, the ideas are everywhere, then these things do become a lot easier, don't they? Yeah, we have a saying, which is, there's an email in that. Literally, yeah. Rob and I were asked to speak at Janet, our mutual friend, Janet Murray's event. And we were we were closing the, sh- closing the event. It was a lovely, lovely event. And on the, on the train journey down from Newcastle to, was it Northampton or some strange, yeah. difficult place to get to on the train? Anyway, on that train journey, there must have been 11, 12 more things that happened where we looked at them and went, there's an email in that. There's an email in that. There's an email on that. There are morals to every little thing that's going on every single day. The fact you're listening to this podcast right now and that you make time to engage in your education, expand, and you use traveling time or workout time to engage in your own education, there's definitely an email and piece of content in that. The thing you're going to do next after this, there's an email in that. The th- what happened this morning and how you got out of bed, there's probably an email in that. The thing that annoys you, there's an email in it. The thing that makes you laugh, there's an email in it. The thing you didn't do, there's an email in that. I had a day one day when I sat down before we had all these strategies for coming up with this bottomless bunch of emails. I had nothing happen. It was it was like I was stuck at home. I don't know why I was stuck at home. It was before lockdown and all that sort of stuff. When I was stuck at home. I was like, nothing's happened. I wrote an email. I have no idea what to write. That's how it started. Nothing has happened to me. I went on. You know, like, and then and I turned into the moral. Do you sometimes have days when you sit down, you don't know what to write? Well, I have that, you know, that, that, that's, a, that's a valuable thing. You need, a, you need a shortcut to come up with an unlimited number of emails. Awesome news. We've got this thing. It's called the bottomless email strategy and so on and so forth. So the fact there is an absence of something can also be content. Yeah. I remember, I'm just laughing because I remember when I worked on local papers years ago and we had this lad come in on work experience and we used to get them to ring all the parish councillors and this is before the internet and stuff um to find out what was going on and he just got on the phone to them and he kept ringing people up going it's brown from the warrington garden we've got no news has anyone got any news we've got no news and yeah it was just brilliant so yeah you can make content out of not even having anything can you so absolutely you imagine that, that as a front as a front page of some big newspaper there is no news got today. no news <laughs> That would be a great headline, like, no news today. I think that would sell. Oh, God, definitely. It would go viral now, wouldn't it? Go, It'd be absolutely huge. Brilliant. Okay, so I am so, so glad to have you guys on the show because you do make the whole thing seem a lot easier, a lot less overwhelming. You make it feel completely unscary. And as you say, you know, you can do it in do it while you're making a cup of tea in the morning. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you, because I know that people get so much value out of this, and I'm really excited to be sharing it when it goes out. So tell us where people can find out more about you. Sure. Well, if you like podcasts, and I'm guessing you do, uh, we have a podcast where we talk about this email marketing thing every single week, and it's loads of fun. It's just called The Email Marketing Show, so you can get that wherever you get your podcasts from. It's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all of those various places. That's the first thing. 
The second thing is we talked about one of the things we really want to do with our emails is not just send emails. We want people to actually click on the links in our emails. The problem with that is we all get what we call link blindness. That's where people get so used to seeing your link in an email, they just forget to look at it. It doesn't stand out. They don't click on it. If they're not clicking on your links, they're not looking at your sales pages, they're not looking at your products, and they can't buy from you. So we wanted to solve that problem for you today just for Rachel So and her crew. So what we've done is we've put together a book. It's a brand new thing. We've hardly talked about this anywhere. It's called Click Tricks, and it's 12 different, really interesting and creative ways of dressing up the links in your emails to make them stand out, pop, and really grab people's attention so they want to click on your links. So we've put it over at emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash publicity. Emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash publicity. You can download it. It's totally free. It's yours. That is amazing. And thank you so much for being um, so generous as well and making something lovely for um, for the lovely pet people. So I will put all of the links to your um, your your link that you've just shared there, your podcast, also your Facebook group, social media links in the show notes for this episode. So if you're listening on an app, swipe up. And if you're on my website, they'll just be there right in front of you. Um, I will say, I'm total fangirling here, but I've I've listened to Robin Kennedy for the last couple of years. I've met them at an event and I'm in their world and all of the stuff they share is so, so valuable. So do go and check them out. Um, they have given me a huge amount of help with my email marketing and I know they've worked with other pet business owners too. So do go and check them out. But guys, it has been brilliant having you on the show. Thank you so, so much. And yeah, it's wishing you every success with all of your email fabulousness. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you for listening to the Publicity for Pet Businesses podcast. For more free resources and ways to promote yourself as a pet entrepreneur, visit www.publicityforpetbusinesses.co.uk.